This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Eating processed food for every meal isn't healthy for people or for dogs. We all know that. And kibble is subject to multiple rounds of high heat processing, making it an ultra processed food. The farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human-grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. My dog, Barnaby, loves the farmer's dogs. When he sees me pulling one of those packets out, he comes running. It's personalized, vet-developed, and it has recipes for as little as $2 a day. Meals arrive in pre-portion, ready-to-serve packs, and they're conveniently delivered on whatever schedule works for me. Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. That's 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast about how to be happier. This week, we'll talk about why we might do good to feel good. And we'll talk to author Bruce Feiler about how we can know ourselves better as we make our way through life's many transitions. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I am in New York City, and with me is my sister Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, boy, we've been going through a lot of transitions lately. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And yes, Gretchen, I've transitioned to my home office. (laughs) You and me both. Yeah. Now... Before we launch in, first of all, I wanted to let everybody know that for some summer fun, because we are in the summer, I am giving away a copy of my coloring book. Enter to win this giveaway on my Instagram account, at Gretchen Rubin. It ends on Monday, July 20th. Now, the coloring book is for U.S. listeners only, but I have a digital giveaway for my international fans, too. So wanted to do something for some summer fun. Gretch, we also got some interesting updates we wanted to share with our listeners. This comes from Erica. She says, I am a young working professional living in Philadelphia and have often found myself struggling with how to measure success. I started the yearly list with 19 for 2019 and found it really helped me to measure achievements throughout the year. I made my list for 2020, and not surprisingly, many of the tasks cannot be achieved as a result of COVID. Listening to episode 279 motivated me to rethink and rework goals. I've tried to maintain the integrity of the goals that cannot be achieved in ways that are feasible and possible in light of the ongoing pandemic. For example... Attend a live podcast becomes diversify my podcast listening by prioritizing podcasts by people of color. This has helped me discover amazing podcasts like 1619, Code Switch, It's Been a Minute, and Truth Be Told. Take a trip to Fort McHenry becomes read a book with a focus on American history. 
As a guide at the Philadelphia Museum of Art, I was gearing up to take my checkout examination on the newly rehung 19th century galleries when COVID hit. Passing the checkout was on my list for the year. Since the museum remains closed and the checkouts have been canceled indefinitely, I am amending the goal to read books on African-American artists whose pieces are in the Philadelphia Museum of Art permanent collection so I can include these pieces on future tours, i.e. Henry Tanner, William H. Johnson, Horace Pippin, Lawrence Johnson, etc. Well, this is great because she's managed to incorporate a whole new set of values and response to our time. Yes. You know, COVID got in her way, but she's figured out a way to reframe it and move forward. So she's still doing 20 for 20, but now she's got this whole new focus. So yes. this is a great way to reframe and move and deal with the current situation. Yes. Yeah. Love yeah. that, Erica. Yeah. Rebecca responded to our, in our very special episode 280, where we were talking about the four tendencies. One listener talked about how her questioner boss refused to give her context for his questions. And sometimes it's just helpful to know that you're not alone and that other people have also experienced mm -hmm. an annoyance. So maybe this will be helpful to hear. Rebecca writes, my mother is exactly like your listener's boss, who begins conversations in the middle of whatever they are thinking, giving no context to who or what they are discussing. I used to try and work with my mother to backtrack and figure it out, but like the listener, this is such a waste of time. Therefore, I changed my tactic to waste her time until she is clear. Be a computer. This is the only way to deal with this type of person. Imagine they typed in whatever sentence or question they give you into their computer. What would the computer say? Insufficient data could not compute. Saying those exact words would be snarky and not respectful to anyone, boss or mother, but that's the attitude to adopt. And a computer never tries to prompt or bridge communication. Use these phrases. I don't understand. Please clarify. Or what's the context, please? And then continue working on whatever you were doing. If they ask you another question or statement that doesn't clarify, don't answer it. It is disrespectful and snarky towards you to deny the request for more information. What has happened over the years with this technique is that my mother will do the thing, I answer robotically, then she stops, sighs dramatically, and then backtracks to give context to what she wants me to know or answer. And like a computer, I don't give her an emotional response, but then help her or listen appropriately. By the end, both of us feel heard and respected. So it turns out this is perhaps more yeah. common than we realize. <laughs> but I love how this is just concrete, do this, then that, follow yeah. these steps, yeah, and yeah. your problem will Use be solved. Use this phrase. <laughs> yes. Act like a computer, use this phrase. Yes, excellent. So thank you, listeners. This week, our Try This at Home was also inspired by a listener, and that is the Try This at Home tip to do good to feel good. We've talked about this idea many times, the fact that one of the best ways to make ourselves happier is to make other people happier. But this email from a listener was such a great reminder of how we can recharge ourselves by doing good for others. Yeah, a lot of people are talking about feeling listless and unmotivated these days. I think yes. I've talked about yeah. that. <laughs> yes. And this listener found a wonderful way to recharge herself. So this comes from Beth. She says, I wanted to send a try this at home your way. I think many of us have been struggling during this stay at home period with feelings of listlessness and lack of motivation. I certainly have projects that would be good to get done during this odd moment of downtime, but after all my work from home, family, and life responsibilities are done for the day, I find myself exhausted. 
Enter my try this at home. My own listlessness was really bothering me, but then I wondered what about doing something productive for someone else? We're all craving connection right now. What could I get done that could really help someone I care about even without leaving the apartment? My father, who is an incredibly talented watercolor painter, has been honing his craft in New York City for decades, but he's not at all a computer guy and never had a proper website. It's been in the back of my head for years that I should build him one, but I never had the stretch of time to do it. Suddenly, I realized this was my moment. Within 48 hours, I had a website up and running for him. He's already sold a painting and gotten a new commission, and this makes me feel truly wonderful. I also feel more motivated now to get some of my own projects underway, as the feeling of helping my dad in this important way has given me so much happiness and extra energy. Not to mention, he is over the moon. Added bonus, this has given us an excuse to talk every day, and I'm already working on new features based on his ideas. P.S. My dad's website is DennisPonsot.com if you're curious. <laughs> I am. I'm going to go look at those paintings. But here's the thing. It's, it's so funny, but by extending herself for him, she actually energized herself for herself. Yes. So she's doing good for him, and it's wonderful for him. And then it's also kind of having this carryover effect on her. Yeah, and I think we're all aware of wanting to do good things in the world, but this personal connection, doing something personally good for someone can be a real energy boost, even if it's something really small. Well, I find that one thing that I often get a charge from, which is small, but kind of surprisingly mentally taxing, or it feels taxing, even though it's not really very taxing, is making introductions for people like, oh, can I introduce this person to you? And then sending the, I, you know, I've talked to you both about this person or suggesting people for opportunities. Like this person might be great for doing an interview for your podcast or whatever. Because a lot of times people really, really appreciate that. And it actually isn't that hard. And then I feel really great when I do it. Yeah, I feel uh, like you? you're. I feel like you're responsible for many people having book deals, Gretchen. I feel oh, like well, I don't almost... know about that. I don't know about that. But I, you know, but sometimes it's it's even something like a good person to like cut your hair or, yes. or you know just like or the give right advice about the right job search, the right recommendation, or like oh somebody was like I'm thinking about doing an executive MBA, and I was like oh I have a friend who did one. Do you want to talk to her? And then you know do that. How about you, Elizabeth? Well, a tiny thing I did, but it did make me feel good, is a friend of mine is looking for a good summer read. And she's like, yeah. I just can't. I don't want it to be anything depressing. I don't want it to be anything heavy. And I really was thinking, like, what would be a good book for her? What would be a good book for her? And then I thought, Daisy Jones and the Six is the perfect book ah. for her. Knowing her, I know she'll really enjoy it. And I went, I tracked it down in my bookshelf, and I'm bringing it to her on our walk this weekend. So I feel like, oh, good, she'll have hours of pleasure reading this book. And I put some thought into it. Yeah, because the right book at the right moment is priceless. I mean, listen, I feel like you also give give lots of, like, informational interviews. Or you talk to people who are like, I'm just starting out. Or how do you get into the business? Like, yes. that's, that's, a, that's like a thing that you do a lot. Yes, and I do always feel good after I've done it. Even if I might think like, oh, gosh, another one of these conversations. The truth is I always enjoy it. And I always yeah. feel good to have helped someone. And we started the episode with some updates from listeners. And we got another update from a listener who notes this connection about do good, feel good. 
So we talked about the try this at home of to do something. And then a listener had said that the way she had decided to do something was to volunteer to encourage people to register to vote. And then another listener, Anne, wrote, thanks for the listener update on do something. I heard about the listener who sent postcards to disenfranchised voters. I just signed up to do it myself. Thank you for sharing that opportunity. Feels good to do something besides donate and educate myself. One listener inspiring another. So this is a way there could be almost like a cascade of good deeds. Yeah, and people helping each other. Yeah. And the truth is, even if it doesn't help you get over your listlessness, um, you are putting your values out in the world. And that is a crucial element of a happy life. Yes, yes. And you can almost... You can help yourself get through a tough time. I know I've told this story before, but I was just so struck by the story. A a friend told me years ago now, but I've never forgotten it. So she had gone through a really, really difficult period. She had been rejected from a graduate program that she really wanted to go to. Her boyfriend broke up with her, and she was fired from her job in in a very short space of time. And everything worked out fine. But I said to her, how did you get through that period? And she said... I was practically addicted to doing good deeds. It was Mm. the only thing that made me feel better. And so she really turned to do good, feel good at a time when she really needed that and couldn't get it any other way. And I always thought that that was such an interesting response. Yeah, that says it all. Yeah. Yeah. So let us know if you do try this at home and how doing good to feel good works for you. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com or go to happiercast.com slash 282 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we have a happiness hack from a listener. It's a theme this week. Listener suggestions. <laughs> the versus break. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else 
even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And now it's time for a happiness hack. And this hack comes from a listener who is giving me advice for my attempt I would say somewhat successful, some might argue somewhat unsuccessful, put down the clipboard that I've been trying to do. Yes, this comes from Chelsea. She says, a few weeks ago, Gretchen mentioned that she was trying to put the clipboard down. And in doing so, her back exercises with family were falling to the wayside. I wanted to share something that I've been doing at home with my two-year-old since quarantine began. I think it may help. I set alarms on my phone that go off for different activities that need to happen during the day. Outside time, snack time, nap time, and bedtime. I even have one for when I need to start making dinner. Each one has a different ringtone, and my son now recognizes the ringtones and knows what time it is. It's like the phone is telling him it's bedtime, not me, (laughs) so we rarely have any pushback for nap time or bedtime. Bonus, he loves to push the button to turn off the alarm and we can snooze if we need more transition time. It keeps me on track so I don't lose track of the day and keeps some routine in his day. Maybe you could set an alarm for a time you know all your family would be available for exercises and not busy with work or school like right after work hours, after dinner, or in the morning. Then it would be like your phone is the one with the clipboard, not you. This is such a good idea. You externalize it. And I mean, that is such a theme that we talk about. Like, don't try to change yourself. Change your surroundings. Like, use a tool. This is brilliant. And I could see with, like, a little kid, they're kind of like... What are you going to, I remember I used yeah. to tell my children, like when they would want something in a store, I'd be like, oh, that's not for sale. That's just for display. And they would be like, okay, what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> so you're just like, oh, the phone says it's nap time. It's like, oh, okay, I guess so. I always do that with Jack. Like, I'll be like, well, the dentist says you have to brush your teeth twice a day. I don't care. But the <laughs> dentist, she insists on this, yes. you know? Right. And it really does help to just sort of externalize whatever it is. Well, we've got our phones with this all the time. And it's fun to change the ringtone. So I think this is a great idea. So yes, thank you. Now it's time for a spotlight on a black writer. And boy, I am excited this week. Nothing makes me happier than discovering that I love the work of an author and seeing that they have many, many, many (laughs) books to go. And I have read none of them. And now I have just started making my way. I've read three of the books of Octavia Butler. So Octavia Butler was a science fiction writer. She won multiple Hugo and Nebula Awards, which you know well if you're a sci-fi fan. And she was the first science fiction writer to win a MacArthur Genius Grant. Now, I discovered her first through her collection of short stories called Bloodchild and Other Stories, which I loved, even though I don't usually read short stories. So I immediately went out to get her other books. I just finished Dawn, which is the first in the trilogy called Lilith's Brood, which I love. It's like extraterrestrials (laughs) experimenting on humans, which I love. Kindred, which I love. Time travel. 
And then some of her most famous works that I'm trying to get my hands on is Parable of the Sower, Parable of the Talents, A Wild Seed, which is the first in her Patternist series. That's five novels. So she's great, and I'm so excited. And then there's been various movies, TV shows, all this uh, with her work. So if you like science fiction, um, I highly recommend Octavia Butler. But here is the thing. So my library did not have a copy of Dawn, so I got a used copy of the book, and it was published in 1987. And the thing is, the cover shows two white women, one of whom is clearly meant to be the protagonist, Lilith, because you can tell from what's happening in the story that she's the main character. And in the book, it's very clear that Lilith is black. Mm, And you look at it and you're like, okay, this is very objectionable. So I will post a picture of the cover if people are sort of curious. That was 1987. So I love time travel, extraterrestrial spaceships, dystopia, (laughs) Octavia Butler. Can't wait to read it all. Gretch, you love an extraterrestrial. I mean, not so much. But I know (laughs) if there's one there, you're going to be interested. (laughs) Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, And now, know yourself better questions with Bruce Feiler. I have known Bruce for a very long time. I think we met initially because his wife, Linda Ruttenberg, and my husband, Jamie, were in the same law school class. And when I started my life as a working writer, he was one of the only (laughs) writers I knew. Wow. Bruce is the author of six New York Times bestsellers, the presenter of two primetime series on PBS, and the inspiration for the TV show Council of Dads on NBC. Bruce's two TED Talks have been viewed more than two million times. He's also well-known for his work about the role of spirituality in contemporary life in books such as Walking the Bible, Where God Was Born, Abraham, and The First Love Story. Uh, Bruce and I share the very fun experience of having been featured in a Jeopardy question, one of the things I'm most proud of in my life. And Bruce's new book is called Life is in the Transitions, Mastering Change at Any Age. It describes his journey across America, collecting hundreds of life stories and exploring how we can navigate the growing number of life transitions with greater purpose and skill. And boy, if we've ever been in a nonlinear age, I feel like now we are. Welcome, Bruce. Hi, Bruce. Thank you, guys. Elizabeth, so nice to meet you. Gretchen, my old friend, nice to be with you. Oh, we're so happy to have you. Now, you've written a book, Bruce, about transitions at any age. And boy, we are in an age of transition right now. And you have these know-yourself-better questions to help us all get through these transitions and learn from them. So what what's a what's the first know yourself better question you want to propose that people consider? Well, first of all, I love that you do these questions. And I think that <laughs> one of the reasons it's so great for this project is as you know, the sort of foundation of this was when I had a kind of wallop of life that I had cancer yeah. and I almost went bankrupt and my dad tried to kill himself six times. I started sending him questions once a week which he would write these answers. He couldn't even move his fingers at that point. And he backed into writing an autobiography. This went on for five years. And it really made me think that when we go through these difficult life circumstances, we have to rethink and revise the story of our lives. And so what I did, as you know, is I spent five years crisscrossing the country, every state, collecting life stories of hundreds of Americans, people who lost homes, lost limbs, changed careers, changed religions, got out of bad marriages, got sober, And I did these two or three hour interviews with these people in which I asked questions. So we're going to talk Mm. about two of them today. And so one of them was, tell me three personal projects on your plate right now. 
Mm. So what I learned about this whole process is that, you know, transitions, when we go into them, we feel stuck, right? I have this mm-hmm. phrase, as you know, we, hit, we get walloped by these life quakes three to five times in our lives. And we feel mm. stuck. And the transition is the process, kind of the human mechanism for getting unstuck. Ah. And when we go into them, we feel like, you know, we're the only ones this has ever happened to. Right. We're never going to move again. <laughs> yeah. But they yeah. turn out to have different phases. There's the long goodbye, where you sort of say goodbye to the old self. There's this messy middle, where you're shedding various habits and creating new ones. And then there's this new beginning, where you're beginning to have a new self and unveil that. And part of that process, part of the kind of the second half of this when you are being creative is people start personal projects. And so I asked Mm. people, tell me three personal projects. And the answers were all over the place from write a book, open an Airbnb, like, you know, fill that Ah. hole in the backyard before my wife gets home or like make dinner or, you know, finally clean out the basement. But I spent the sort of the backbone of Life is in the Transitions is I had a team of 12 people and we spent a year coding these interviews for 57 different variables. And one of the things that we found was that there are kind of three primary ways we make meaning in our lives. The good news about having a nonlinear life is we could do what we want. The bad news is we have many more choices before. Yeah, Mm. Yeah, decision fatigue. Exactly. Yeah. Should I do this? I can do that, but do I want to do that? You know, what will my yeah. spouse think? What will my kids think? Will I be able to make a living? All these kinds of questions. So the backbone of this, we have three pillars. I call them the ABCs of meaning, right? The A is agency, that we do things, make things, create things. B is belonging, you know, our relationships, our neighbors, our family, our friend, our religious institution. And the C is a cause. And I bring that up because the most balanced people that I met, like the people who were getting through their difficult life circumstance most easily are people mm-hmm. who had one personal project in each of the ABCs mm. of meaning. Oh, they'd sort of groped their way there unconsciously or like without realizing it. Correct. They so, had that balance. Yeah, so I, I interviewed this woman named Beverly Bass. She was the first female pilot in American Airlines history. She was piloting one of the planes from Paris to Dallas on 9-11 that she ended up in Newfoundland that became... Oh, this has come from away. Exactly. The the Broadway musical. Exactly. And she's... She went to like a huge number of the shows, apparently. Exactly. And she, it sort of transformed her life. So I interview her, actually, it was backstage at the Come From Away. Oh, how great. And I said, tell me your personal projects. And so she said, I'm overwhelmed. Like she said, she was like an overnight famous in her 70s. Yeah. So she Mm. says, I have to hire a personal assistant. Okay, mm. so that's an agency. That's something she's doing sure. for herself. Mm. B, she says, I'm trying to help my daughter, who also wants to be a pilot, get a job at American Airlines. So that's B, that's belonging. That's doing something for a loved one. And her C, she says, I'm trying to form an association of female pilots to get them more rights and protect them from you know Me Too and those kinds of things. That's a cause. So here's a woman late in her life. And kind of one of the great things about the nonlinear life, like remember, we all grew up in the passages age. Right. That, yeah. And what passages said was everyone has to do the same thing in their 20s, same thing in their 30s. And then you have a midlife crisis at 39 and a half. Like that is so limiting. And it turns out that we have these kind of transformations, these crises, not just a midlife crisis. We have them all over. Like I call it the whenever life crisis. Yeah. So here she is in her <laughs> 70s reinventing herself yeah. and starting. It's, an, it's inspiring in and of itself that at any time in our lives, we can use personal projects to move ourselves into a new place. Bruce, can I ask you just quickly for our listeners to s- explain what a nonlinear life is? So this turns out to be the big idea that emerged from these hundreds of interviews that I did, 
which is that the, the linear life is dead. The idea that we're going to have one job, you know, one relationship, one home, one sexuality, one spirituality, even one source of happiness, what you guys are talking about week in and week out, is deader than it's ever been. That's really not how we live. That's how we were told all through the 20th century. Mm. We're told, you know, Freud, successive stages, Piaget, the five stages of grief, the hero's journey. These are all linear constructs. That's been replaced by the nonlinear life. Our lives take all different shapes. I asked hundreds of people another question. What shape is your life? And their answers were a heart, a house, you know, a light bulb, a, a, a stock market, an up and down uh, you know, sort of, uh, cityscape. Our lives take all different shapes. But the key ingredient of a nonlinear life is that we do have more life transitions. That's why the mm. backbone of life is in the transitions is this idea that I have, un, I have sort of identified from all these people the first new model for how to navigate a life transition, practical tools and takeaways that will help you wherever you are in your transition. It will help you get through it more efficiently. And I think it would be interesting for the two of you, like, so I and the ABCs of meaning, we kind of have a kind of priority. I would say that I'm agency, belonging, and then cause. But my Mm. wife, who runs a nonprofit that supports entrepreneurs, she's CAB, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm curious, if I I asked each of you, Elizabeth, we'll start with you, like, if I asked you, agency, belonging, and cause, how would you rank them in terms of priorities in your own meaning-making identity? Probably BAC, Belonging, I think, is my number one, Mm. because Mm. as we always talk about, my human relationships is definitely my primary concern in life. And I think I'm ABC. Because you're a creator, right? I mean, both of you are creators in a way, but yes, agency, that that makes sense. I've I've known you for a long time. But it's interesting, like Elizabeth is a a creator who works in collaboration. Oh, such a good thought. Yeah. 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 So maybe like I would, yeah. Interesting. See, it's know yourself better. There you go. That is a fantastic question. What are three personal projects that you're working on right now? What is the second question you would suggest for people to think about? So what would happen in these conversations is I I started by saying, tell me the story of your life in 15 minutes. Most people people took an hour. You will not be surprised. Uh, (laughs) And then I would say- It's either an hour, it's five minutes, right? Exactly. And then by the way, and then at the the back of life is in the transitions, I have these questions because a lot of people like to do them with people that they love. And then I would do high point, low point, turning point, a, a spiritual experience that you had, a transition you handled well or poorly. And by this point in the conversation, we're an hour and a half in, and I would say, let's pick one big transition that you were going through, and let me ask you a whole series of kind of micro questions about it. What advice from friends was most valuable? What phase was most difficult for you? Did you use rituals? The first one I asked in every conversation was, tell me which emotion you struggled most with during your transition. Mm. Ah, yeah. So then I coded them, and the answers were electrifying. Number one, Far and away, fear. Ah. Number two, sadness. People had to grieve the self mm-hmm. or the that, that they left behind or the life that they left behind. And number three was shame. So let's go through a fear. People were afraid of what's going to happen. You know, right. how am I going to work financially? How am I going to live without this person? What am I going to do without a job? How am I going to, what's my identity now that my children are not here? What's my identity yeah. now that my children are here? Right? Mm-hmm. So people were <laughs> yeah. af- afraid of what was coming. And sadness, people missed the person. They liked the old job. They appreciated the old status, right? They they liked life before the pandemic. And it's been hard right. for a lot of people to accept, we're not going back. Even when we're through it, it's going to yeah. be to a different place. I think res- the resilience model is deceiving because resilience actually comes from a spring. You pull it out and it bounces back. 
we ain't bouncing back. Some people might bounce back, but more of us are going to bounce forward or sideways or a different direction entirely. Mm, And then shame was so visceral. People were ashamed. They liked the status of their old job. Maybe they don't like the fact that or humiliated or feel shame that their child has an addiction, right? Or that they did something and they're they suffer public humiliation in the age of the internet. We see this a lot. So these were the top three emotions. Now, I don't know what conversations you've been having since the start of the pandemic, but for me, in every conversation, someone is talking about fear or sadness yes. or shame. It really shows you that that these rules and the sort of like the, the tools that I identified for getting through these transitions really apply no matter what transition it is, whether it's work or family or health or whatever it is. That was the biggest surprise for me is I expected if you had cancer or if you lost your job or if you, you know, lost a parent, it would be a different toolkit. It turns out that the, that the tools, and in this case, the emotions are the same no matter what you're dealing with. And once you've identified, and there's a lot of research about that to articulate and name an emotion is very helpful in helping you to move through it. Did you see positive and negative ways of people managing that emotion, whatever the most prominent emotion was? I saw one massive thing that I didn't expect, and that Mm -hmm. is that people use rituals to Mm -hmm. tame and contain the emotion, okay? As you know, I've written a bunch of books about religion, and I was still surprised by this because we think of ritual as a kind of kind of fuddy-duddy and a kind of, you know, old-fashioned kind of thing, but people invented their own rituals, okay? They got, they had farewell parties. They got tattoos, right? Yeah. They, you know, they moved. Changed their name. I remember in your book, I was very surprised at how that is like a top thing that people do. Is And you think, well, people do change their names They ch- They go from a nickname to a full name. They take yes. on a religious mm-hmm. name. They adopt, yeah. you know, a married name. Yeah. They shuck a married yes. name. Yeah. You know, yeah. they they take names. They 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 go on turpentine. They drink turpentine. They go to sweat lodges. They do kind of perform rituals or ceremonies or actions that kind of tame the emotion, but more importantly, say to themselves and to others that the past is past. I'm not going back to that. It helps us shut the door. And they uh-huh. and that leads them into the messy middle phase where they really have to then shed certain habits. And then people turn astonishingly to creative enterprises. They sing and dance and write and, and you know, pick up the ukulele, take ballet, whatever it might be. <laughs> think, about the, think about the quarantine, right? All the people that were baking. That's using creativity yes. to get you yeah. through a difficult transition. Yeah. So the yeah. answer is, an early step is to accept the emotion, then people use a ritual to tame and contain it so they can move forward. Fascinating. Wow. Well, Bruce, this was so fascinating. Yes. Thank you so much. This is such a time of transition on so many levels for so many people. It's terrific to get to hear some Know Yourself Better questions. Well, it's great to be with you, and you guys are helping so many people uh, get unstuck. And you know, thank you for all you're doing for all of us, and it's been my thrill to be with you. Thanks, Bruce. Bye, Bruce. Coming up, I give myself a clutter-clearing demerit. This is not the first time, but first, this break. We're so excited to introduce you to Great Jones. Great Jones makes high-quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that's so stunning, you won't want to put it away. They have everything from Dutch ovens to ceramic dishes to non-stick sheet pans. They've got everything you want. I have the Saucy, which is a terrific saucepan. It has curved sides. It has a pouring spout. It has a lid. And it looks so elegant. It's really a pleasure just to look at it on the counter, even before we're using it. Yes, I love all the colors. Yeah. 
They make stunning gifts that are actually useful. Weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays. It's the perfect gift for the foodie in your life. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code HAPPIER. That's greatjones.com, promo code HAPPIER. I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for ways for my son to get involved and give back in our local community. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, is also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org students. That's lls.org students. Okay, it's time for Demerits and Gold Stars. And Alicia, this is an even-numbered episode, which means it's your turn for a demerit. All right, Gretch, I have yet another clutter-clearing demerit. <laughs> You'd think after all this time at home, I would have cleared all the clutter and be past this, but it's not the case. So I think I've mentioned that in Design Your Summer, Jack wants to build a Lego town this summer. Yeah. To do that, he needs to have the space for it. And it is now well into the summer, and he has not started his Lego town, not because of him, but because of Adam and me, which is we have to kind of clear out the library where he's going to build this. And this is sort of a gold star that turned into a demerit because I started. <laughs> that I, happens. <laughs> I started, I got rid of so many of his toys, which we need because we just need the space, things he's outgrown. I was so proud of myself because I moved out like bin after bin of toys, like just the whole bin. Of and you found somebody who wanted them. Found which is someone so who satisfying. really wanted them, who had an eight-year-old grandson. So it was the perfect thing. And so I Gave those to her, and that's all good. But then I just stopped. Or I should say Adam and I just stopped. And so we have the library is in that state where it's like half clutter cleared, but in that space is messier than it was before. So we need to continue the process. Why do you think you stopped? Just kind of ran out of energy? Yeah, I think because... Like, it just got to the point where now we have to decide how things are going to actually be placed, and that's harder than just getting it out. Yeah. So it feels overwhelming. Is Jack asking you to do it? Yes, he is. And he, I mean, not every day, but he's brought it up, yeah, a few times. Uh. And it's hard, you know, some people might some people might say, well, have Jack do it. But I mean, he's just not going to. I mean, it's even it's intimidating for us. Right. So it's more intimidating for him. Well, it's not your favorite thing to do. I wish I could drive over to yeah. your house and help I you know. out because, you know, I would just you could sit there with a cup of coffee in your hand and yes, just point. And so I would <laughs> someday. Well, 
I'm hoping having spoken up about this, you know, we always say by identifying a demerit and speaking about it, it motivates us to make a change. So I'm hoping that I can turn this into a gold star. Yeah, well, keep us posted. Okay. What's your gold star, Gretch, speaking of? So I want to give a gold star to my friend Debbie, because when the whole Safer at Home thing hit, she had the incredible, and this is clutter clearing related too, so we're very, on, it's very on theme. She had the presence of mind at the beginning of Safer at Home to say to herself, hey, I'm at home with my three adult sons who also came home to be Safer at Home with us. Let's rent a dumpster. Mm. And for the next 10 weeks, every weekend, they cleaned out a closet. She had her sons, like, running to dump stuff into (laughs) the dumpster. And she said they got the whole, every closet cleared out, the basement cleared out. They ultimately, once everything they could go, they took three full carloads of clothes, books, furniture, et cetera, to give away. And the the dumpster was full. And I thought, how incredibly farsighted. To mm-hmm. say, how do I make use of this time at the beginning? How do I make? How do I put my sons to good use now that they're here? Yes, she did it, and I was and like, she, she sent me a picture. Feels so much lighter. Oh, she's so happy, and she's like, I have to send you a picture, and it's like her three sons with their shirts off, like standing, <laughs> you know, triumphantly over a dumpster. Oh, that's um, great. Yeah, so I got like a vicarious clutter clearing uh, <laughs> buzz off of that for sure. I was like, she's like, oh, I thought of your book, Outer Order, in her call. And I was like, oh, this is this is. High level. Textbook example. Yes, yes. And that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Do good to feel good. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thanks to our terrific guest, Bruce Feiler. Check out his great new book, Life is in the Transitions. Thanks to our producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter, at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, what good deed you could do is to tell a friend or subscribe, rate, review us, however you listen to your podcast. The resources for this week. Don't forget that I am offering my Four Tendencies video course for 50% off until the end of July. So it's only $50. If you want to go deeper into understanding your tendency, a polder, a questioner, obliger, a rebel, Join today, or you can find out more at GretchenRubin.com slash 4TC, just the number 4TC. And remember that Happier with Gretchen Rubin is part of the Onward Project, a family of podcasts brought together by me, and they're all about how to make your life better. If you like our podcast, you'll probably like Alyssa's other podcast, Happier in Hollywood, because one happier podcast is not (laughs) enough. Chris Gillibo's excellent show, Side Hustle School, Do the Thing from Whole30's Melissa Hartwig Urban, so good. And now, Everything Happens with Kate Bowler. Such a good show. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. Gretch, speaking of all these life transitions, I transition so often career-wise. I know. I need to, like, get Bruce and and really break it down how I can make it better. I I always say to people, Elizabeth can't even, she can't even live, like, with her commute in mind because her her office is in a different place constantly. From the Onward Project.
If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on Homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework.